something about connecting over a mutual hatred that is just much deeper than mutual love. Hello and welcome to this episode of Game On Girl, where we talk about gender and game culture. I'm your host, Regina McMenemy. And I'm your co-host, Rhonda Oglesby. This is episode 140, recorded on December 5th, 2014. We have with us this week, Linda Brenneman from Pixelkin. And we'll wrap about how we've been geeking out this week. So stay tuned, and thanks for listening to Game On Girl. Linda Brenneman has been a writer all her life. She started out as a technical writer for research labs and software firms, and then shifted to writing poetry, essays, short stories, and screenplays. As publisher of Pixelkin.org, she writes and edits gaming advice and reviews for parents, as well as advocating for gaming as a way of life for family members to connect with one another. She lives in Seattle with her partner, Eric, and her cockapoo, Wolfie, and misses her two grown-up kids, Chris and Lisa, even though she sees them both a lot, both virtually and in real life. Linda, welcome to the show. Thanks. Thanks for having me. We're delighted to have you here. So we got a chance to uh, see you and meet up at Geek Girl Con, right? We crossed paths at least at Geek Girl Con. Did we cross paths at Geek Girl Con? I, th- I, I thought you wanted did. <laughs> she was there, but I, I didn't get to meet her. Okay, okay, because I right, saw your yeah. table. I walked past your table, I think, and and checked you guys out after I was uh, yeah. I was distracted the day that I was wandering around Geek Girl Con. I met so. um, Courtney. Tabling. Okay. Oh, yeah. Courtney's great. Tabling can be a bit of a blur. You talk to so many people. It's so much fun because you get to meet people that you're writing for. And GeekGirlCon is a really special con anyway. So um, I'm sorry I missed you there, but um, we had a great time. Yeah. Well, if you guys are there next year, I think we're planning on, on going again. So. Oh, great. Yeah. Yeah. That should be fun. Yeah. It's the so best. Wedding- it is. It really is. And and we've said that and we talk a lot about Geek Girl Con on the on the show and have been advocating for it for a long time, but it really is a great great location. Yeah. Yeah. And it's yeah. it's great. I mean, you see so many women and little there with their little girls and they're dressed up in, you know, superhero costumes and having a great time and or you playing walk around science with, zone. Yeah. You walk around with an infant and a Jane hat and you are suddenly very yeah. popular. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll bet, bet. Yeah, yeah. So, why don't you tell us a little bit about your gaming really history, Linda? Okay, um, I ha- really didn't start playing until I was in my fifties. Um, but my son played from the time he was a really little kid. Um, actually, he was uh, he suffered from seizures from the age of three and a half, and um, he was on medication for seizures for. Um, quite a while, and at one point we did a baseline neuropsych test to find out, um, to make sure that he wasn't being adversely affected too much by the seizures or the medication. Mm. And we found out that he had some deficits in terms of learning um, things like visual memory and multitasking. And so I asked the neuropsychologist at that point, you know, is there anything we can do to kind of help him with that? And she mentioned, well, probably not, but maybe video games. And so when he was growing up, I honestly did not restrict video game play a whole lot for him. And he Mm -hmm. ended up really loving um, a lot of the RPGs, um, like Final Fantasy games and Chrono Trigger and these really complicated, you know, all the Zelda games and all that kind of thing. And, um, Lots of problem solving in those games. Oh, tons of problem solving and reading and research and strategy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. um, Yeah, yeah, all that stuff. And so I watched him play, but I didn't start playing until um, I was in my 50s. And that was um, kind of spurred by the fact that he was really into the games and he was a teenager, kind of a late teenager, and I was struggling to find a way to relate to him better and Mm-hmm. video games just seem like the natural choice and it turned out that it was that's awesome that's that's a great story I'm, I'm fascinated to think that a neuroscientist was like hey try video games I know she's great her name's um Dr. Hillary Shirtliff and she's um at Children's Hospital here and she's a brilliant person and 
Um, and, I, and I don't think she was saying, we know this for sure, but she was saying, mm-hmm. well, probably couldn't hurt, you know. And, and yeah, I actually yeah. think she was right. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you hear so much and there's so much. And I get asked this question all the time about, you know, addiction and, you know, all the bad things that kind of come from gaming. So I'm always so right. relieved when I hear stories that are, here's how gaming helped somebody. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, coincidentally, we just put up on the site, uh, pixelkin.org, today, an article by one of our advisors, Kelly Dunlop, who's a psychologist, and she did a literature review of um, a paper that came out in January of 2014 from the American Psychological Association that kind of outlines all the benefits, cognitive, um, Mm -hmm. emotional, social benefits from video games. It's pretty. Yeah, I think I remember seeing when that came out. I think I remember seeing something about it. Yeah, it was pretty big and, and and so different from, you know, sort of the fear-mongering that tends to go on with gaming. Yeah, I think there's too much of that. I think there needs mm-hmm. to be a balanced kind of approach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I think everything in moderation, too. Right. But, yeah, exactly. but I don't, yeah, I don't think that it's, you know, it should be held responsible for things, but... I know. I think I think video games <laughs> tend to be blamed for everything that goes wrong. Um, yeah, well, you know, it, it's just a trend because, you know, TV was blamed for violence when it first came out. And, you right. know, I'm sure the telephone was blamed and reading. And yeah. you know, I actually talked about that in my dissertation, you know, how dangerous it was when women learned how to read. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, there's some of that in Jane Austen. You can you can mm-hmm. read, you know. Mm-hmm. Maybe reading um, nonfiction is okay, but reading novels, even in Jane Austen's time, was considered yeah. like not so good. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Do you still um, play with your kids? I do, um, not as much as I'd like to, because they're both busy. My daughter's in art school her last year, and um, uh, my son's busy, of course, too. But um, yeah, we a while ago we were playing through uh, Portal again. Oh, um, cool. You know, with yeah. with the headset across town, you know, on Steam, and it was yeah. it was fun. We had a great time. That's great. Yeah. Um. So you use it as a means of keeping to keeping in touch, then. Yeah, yeah. It's I think it's a great way to keep in touch because mm-hmm. um I don't know I'm I'm not one of those people that just gets on the phone and talks for hours on end. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm not a phone person really, but well, you can get on a game and have something to do um, in the game and then talk in between. And, you know, it just feels more natural. And it's more fun to hang out that way. Yeah. Well, do you game by yourself without, um, without the kids? Did, have you gotten, uh, found anything you like? Um, I, yeah, I do. I don't, I, I'd rather play with somebody else, but, um, I do. I, I heard you guys talking not too long ago about Tomb Raider and I'm, I, I'm a huge fan of that game. I've been in the middle of it for quite a while now. I, I need to get back to it and finish, finish the game up. But, um, but yeah, that's, I, I love all that adventure stuff, shooting stuff. I love Assassin's Creed. I like puzzles. Um, <laughs> yeah, all that all pretty that pretty much describes stuff, right? both Portal and Assassin's Creed perfectly. There, yeah, no kidding. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, I'm um, shooting. Stuff. Yeah, all that. Mm-hmm. We didn't learn um, a whole lot about Pixelkin while we were at um, Geek Girl Con. I, I a lot of times I meet people, and if I'm extremely interested, it, it's so hectic. I get cards and and hope to follow up, especially. I love to sit down and peruse through people's websites. And Pixelcan has just the most gorgeous website. Um, it oh, is w- well organized and it's just got uh, a beautiful layout for the type of information and the way that you guys want to communicate. Um, it fits the aesthetic and it's very approachable by um, adults as well as kids. Um, it, First, first question, very simply, do you, who um, who created the website? Well, it was definitely a group effort. Um, we had um, a guy named Bruce from Momentum Strategy who helped us with the branding and kind of the color scheme, and um, a really great um, graphic artist, Nina Nguyen, who kind of created the logo and that kind of thing. And then. Um, 
we just wanted to get up and running quickly, so we used an out-of-the-box WordPress, you know, format. And um, actually, right now, we're going through a redesign. The site's going to look a little bit different, and it's going to have a, a database that will help people pick games for their kids according to interest and age and that kind of thing. But it'll yeah. still it'll be pretty similar to what to what we have now in terms of, you know, we want to get across that we feel really positive and upbeat about games and we're excited about them and we, uh, we love them. <laughs> we love playing them <laughs> and we love writing about them. So um, I'm glad you like it. So then tell us about um, Pixelkin, what it is and how it came about. Well, I, you know, I had gone through that experience with my son of um, being able to connect with him through gaming that um, was really a positive thing for both of us. And um, my daughter and I have played together a little bit, too, although she's not as much of a gamer as he is. And I just wanted to kind of build on that and bring that to other people and um I didn't really see anything out there that that hit exactly the right tone um, in terms of giving parents advice about gaming that I that I wanted to see out there. So I thought that would be a good project to try to do that with. And um, so that's how Pixel King came about. And then I um, Seattle is a great place to find writers and gamers and tech people. And so I, I was able to find people pretty easily to help me with that whole thing. It's sort of one of the meccas that the that the people with those interests gravitate toward. Yeah, we have Amazon and Microsoft and mm-hmm. a whole bunch of smaller game companies and um, just a it's a pretty rich environment. Plus, the University of Washington here has um, most of my staff came out of the UW and some of them were recent graduates and they're just great, great millennials awesome. working here too. Yeah, that's great. That's great. There's yeah, a, a really, really wonderful infographic on the um, the website. Um, did your graphic designer help you do that too? Because it's just got the it asks all the questions I think um, that I, parents would be concerned about. Um, I know there's several infographics. Um, Kesey Young designed most of that, most of those, and she's um, a gamer from way back. She's a, one, another one of those millennials, but. She played um, online games with her dad from the time she was a really little kid and just loves gaming. And um, she's a real expert and she's an artist and um, and a, got a great mind for analyzing studies and stuff. So she she created those infographics. Oh, that, yeah. OK, that makes sense then, because the um, it, it really boils down a lot of that statistical information in a very um comprehensible way and and gets the point of yes yeah. that that's great you can tell yeah that. you can see that coming through yeah 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 she's the greatest and and hopefully she'll have time to do more of those too <laughs> <laughs> well there are a lot of other really great things out on the website um uh if um, some of the parents are, are interesting, there's an explanation of the gaming rating system um, which is really nice yeah um, right there is a dictionary of gaming terms, which mm-hmm. I think can be really overwhelming for a lot of parents. Yeah, it is really hard to get oriented. You know, I I, I wrote about a little bit, just the whole learning curve of getting into gaming is pretty steep and, and it's pretty difficult for a lot of people. Um, and you have to persevere, but it can be done, you know. It, mm-hmm. um, I, I told you, I think that I... My first game I played was um, Zelda Ocarina of Time on um, the Nintendo 64, and mm-hmm. it took me 70 tries to kill Aww. the first boss. 70. <laughs> and my kids were like, what are you doing, Mom? Are you serious? <laughs> and I would be like, they'd come back the following week, and I'd be like, I can't do it. Oh, my gosh. It was so funny. Good but for I you. I did it. Talk about I, perseverance. I, I that's persevered. great. Yeah, and that's another thing that's really cool about playing with your kids is that they can see you struggle with something and um, demonstrate your own values about perseverance. I guess you know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And and sometimes maybe help you too. <laughs> yeah, they taught me. They taught me so much. 
They to the point where they were like yelling which button to push, you know, yeah. and that sort of thing. So that's yeah. how I got through that. But um yeah, now I can now I can climb buildings in Assassin's Creed, which <laughs> makes me feel very proud. <laughs> Yeah, those are, I, I talked about this recently on an episode, but I, I have a hard time with um, jumping puzzles and, and things where you have to be, like, really coordinated in any game. And um, it, it, that, that can be a rage quit. Rage <laughs> quit. For it. I'm pretty familiar with rage quitting. You know, there's a place for that. You just come back later when you're calmer. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. And and it's always bad if you're if you've been playing long enough that you've gotten hungry <laughs> and you're faced with that situation. I've had that happen a couple of times when I've been I've been gaming and I'm like, ah That and is so back. true. You cannot be hungry. That is <laughs> that is that's really true. Well, it's bad news. Have you ever <laughs> put your controller down and gone to the kitchen and eaten something really fast and gone back in? <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, we used to do these epic days Confession. with, um, yes, absolutely, a quick peanut butter sam- peanut butter and jelly sandwich or, a, you know, um, a cold, cold cut sandwich, you know, really quick to eat something with some protein in it and then go back. Yeah. yeah, I used to do that a lot when I was playing World of Warcraft a couple of years ago, and we would run like all the dungeons for our guild all on one day uh-huh. we all were all available on sunday so we'd run a bunch of dungeons and try to do you know old raids and things together and you know we would get online at like you know 10 o'clock in the morning and play until like six or seven o'clock at night and that was uh-huh. when they were the you know i started being very conscious about ba- about purchasing healthier snack foods <laughs> yeah because exactly. the finger foods that are associated with, you know, gaming are usually Doritos or chips or things that are bad for you. So I was, you know, buying a lot of grapes and baby carrots at that time. <laughs> things that yeah, you could eat one-handed very, very while you were smart. running back and forth. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, I admire you very much because I, 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 I get tired, you know, after about mm-hmm. three or four hours, I'm like, no, I can't really do this anymore. But, um, Putting all your rating on one day is kind of a good way, I think, to manage your time, too, mm-hmm. you know? It was, and it was one of the only ways we could get everybody together um, at that time. And, and it hasn't, we haven't kind of gotten back into that, even though I've gone back to World of Warcraft with the same people. Um, we haven't all been able to get together. And it's really sad because, you know, it's enjoyable to run, you know, dungeons with, with your friends. And, you know, we haven't really all crossed paths since then so oh I know that's it's the best I mean it's so mm-hmm. much fun mm-hmm. and you're on you know we're on mumble and we're all talking with each other and so and it's always you know you talk about the game but you talk about your life and you, you know you just connect and everybody's complaining about work or you know talking right. about other stuff that's going on so there's always that you know camaraderie that goes along with it yeah um, that's fun yeah that's really fun mm-hmm. wow yeah. Yeah, it's really enjoyable. So, well, you are you going to play the new expansion then? Oh yeah, I already I already purchased it. <laughs> I haven't had a lot of time to play it because it came, of course came out at the end of toward the end of the semester for me. And as a teacher, I have a lot of work that I have to do at this yeah. time of the year, so I haven't been able to get in it. But my friend Mark has been really good about like um, reminding me <laughs> to go play. He's like. We're playing tonight, right? We're going to play tonight, right? <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, that's good. You got to balance it all out, right? Yeah, exactly. Moderation. Yeah. Going with moderation. <laughs> yeah. Well, you mentioned that um, you guys were working on a redesign for the website and that you were going to include a database, um, which really sounds like an, an amazing thing to me because even right now on the site, You've got an alphabetical listing of popular games, and there's some very um, useful uh, information in different categories out there uh, that your different contributors write about. They write about uh, the content descriptions, any controversies that have to do with the game, um, things that parents can talk to their kids about uh, regarding that particular game, and as far as I know, there's not a database like that out there for reference anywhere. That's going to be um, major. I mean, I can't. Mm-hmm. I can imagine the hits on your site's going to increase dramatically. 
Oh, well, I hope so. That would be awesome. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> there are a couple things out there. Um, Common Sense Media has one that I think is pretty okay. good. Okay. But, um, but I think that we come at it from a more positive um, stance toward games and gaming and um, maybe a little more realistic and in, in touch with the way that kids look at games. Um, good. And there will be more of that. I think what you're you're talking about is the library that we have on the site now. And yes. when we have the database up, um, it will include all the information that's in the library now and also um, a whole bunch more games. And then wow. we just want to keep adding um, adding that database as we go. Um, it's, you know... It, it's a considerable amount of work to do all that research and writing and play the games and do all that stuff. But we're going to keep working on it because we think it's important. Yeah. It, well, it, go ahead. I was just going to say, it's, it's good to have a resource that's aimed at, at families and aimed at parents who may not understand gaming. Um, because I think there's a lot of, a lot of the gaming sites, even if you go to like, um, you know, some of the bigger review sites where they just assume that their audience are gamers and are going to understand the terminology. And right. that's really unfortunate because sometimes you are, you know, somebody who's trying to get into it or trying to start, you know, uh, a new hobby or, you know, trying to find out something your kids are interested in and to to be put off by by that assumption, you know, kind of sets you further apart. Like if, you, if you're having trouble connecting with your kids who are gaming and you go to a review site that's for gamers, you're, you're kind of getting the same situation, right? Where right. You're, not, yeah. you're not getting anything that says, okay, this is the language and this is what's going on and this is perhaps why it's important to your kids. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, we do try to so. pitch, pitch our information at a, a place where um, parents who aren't too familiar with gaming can still understand it. And mm -hmm. uh, Sometimes I think we don't quite get it right. It, it just depends on how much you know. I mean, I, there are some parents who really, I would almost call them aggressively ignorant <laughs> about video games. <laughs> They're just, uh -huh. They tend to want to say, um, oh, I don't like them, and I wish they would get out of my house. Right. Um, and those kind of, those folks, I don't know, maybe we can't really help them. I think I think we're looking at, the folks who um, are interested in what their kids are doing mm -hmm. kind of want to participate, want to learn more. And um, I think that we can help them understand more about how games work and why they're important because mm -hmm. games are really important. That's the thing mm -hmm. that I think a lot of parents miss. They're not, exactly. they're not something that are going to go away. Mm -hmm. um, it's not a phase. It's not a phase. <laughs> It's not, mm -hmm. it's not, um, it's not just a, a thing. It's, it's not any different from movies, in my opinion. Movies are never mm -hmm. going to go away and games aren't right. either. So, yeah. um, you need to find a way to understand them as a cultural phenomenon and as an activity that your kids are going to be, um, doing. So 90%, over 90% of kids play video games. So, um, Let's just get with it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, and to and to accept that that there are positives, I think, um, you know, I hate to kind of go back to that again, but that idea of um, you know mass media kind of portraying video games as dangerous and you know uh, uh, these ideas about addiction that you know, like I said, that's often the first question that I'm asked as a video game researcher. You know, well, what about addiction? And I'm like, well. You know, you hear in the media about a few select cases. You know, most people are not addicted to video games. It's not everybody. Yeah. You know, and 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 like with any media, it should be. You know, they talk about screen time and et cetera. It should be you know moderation. Um, but it's not any more dangerous really than watching a movie. In fact, the fact that they can control it and they can make decisions and they can see the consequences from those decisions in the games right. makes it you know more. Um, like like you said, educational. There's you know the chance for for understanding in a way that you don't have when you're watching a, a passive media yeah. like a movie or a TV show. I couldn't agree more. I mean, I do think that 
that games are pretty good at keeping you engaged, mm-hmm. maybe better than, uh, say, a movie or a book is. I mean, sure. there's always something to do, right? In World of Warcraft, mm-hmm. there's always another piece oh, of yeah. equipment to get or mm-hmm. another quest to do or another mm-hmm. dungeon to run. Um, yeah. But um, that said, uh, they're not this evil thing that's going to suck you in and, um, you know, put manacles on your wrist either. You know, and people need to understand. And the thing, the thing that I really hope parents will do more is to sit down and try to play with kids because exactly, I think mm-hmm. that until you actually try to play a game and understand what's going on and why kids like video games and like playing them and what they're getting out of it, until you do that, I don't think you can understand it very well. It was, yeah, well, it's, yeah, it's trying to understand a book, you know without having read it or, you know, exactly, you know, looking at the cover, you know, I mean, to be the cliche or whatever, just to take that one soundbite of information and, and understand it. And I think you can learn a lot. There's actually, oh God, is it Plato? I think it's Plato has a quote that you can learn more about a person in an hour of play than an hour of conversation. Mm. Because you see, especially Uh, I think if you're playing video yeah, if you're playing video games, because, you know, how do you deal with your frustration? How do you deal with a roadblock that you come up against? You know, those are character, you know, evolving things. Those are things that, you you know, you understand. I had a student who I'd used that quote in class once, and I had a student who said he had read online that, um, oh, God, there was a game that you play in grade school, and I'm forgetting the name of it, um, where you stand and you like throw the ball behind you when somebody needs to catch it. Oh, I can't remember what the name of it is. Do you know, Rhonda? No idea. Okay. Yeah. So you, at all. You stand like the group of kids stands behind one child. One child has the ball. And if nobody catches the ball, you get to keep throwing the ball. But if somebody catches it, then they throw the ball. And I can't remember what the name of it is. And, um, Essentially, the, the teachers used it to see which kids were going to be sort of more likely to be devious because if they, like, tried to look to see where the other kids were behind them or, you know, like, they bend down and, like, you know, put the, <laughs> the ball between their legs so they could look behind them to see where all the kids were so they could throw it someplace the kids weren't, they knew that those kids were going to be more likely to be the troublemakers just in general. Uh, wow. <laughs> And so he had read online that that was like an actual, you know, thing that the teachers were using to kind of assess the students. And and it's that idea of, you know, you really can you really can see um, how someone's going to deal with certain situations with how they deal with a game. So I I would wholeheartedly agree that, you know, parents do need to game with their kids and, um, you know, Especially games like you can tell a lot about somebody with how they play Mario Kart. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know. That may be kind of a radical. <laughs> it radical is. Thing. Yeah, people get maybe too into Mario Kart. <laughs> it is like you know? it's, it's so, a very divisive game. <laughs> it can be. It really. It ranks with with Monopoly sometimes. Yeah. In the, how people respond to it. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's some other. Great games, though, too, with um, cooperative play is really cool mm-hmm. with kids. Like, um, yes. we reviewed one recently called Chariot. Chariot? Yeah. Have you heard of this new game? I have not, no. So, um, one player controls the cart, I think, and one player controls the characters who are pulling the cart. And you have to pull the cart across these um, obstacles. And there's a whole story with it and stuff, but it's great for, um, you know, parents and kids to play together because they have to cooperate to make the, you know, to make their way through this landscape. Oh, Uh, it's really cute. It is really cute. I just clicked on your review as well. Yeah, it's, we we love that game. We saw it at PAX. um, Nice. Oh, it's beautiful. just fell in love with it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I love games like that. That's one of the reasons why I like the new, um, the um, Raymond Legends. Um, oh, the, yeah. That's on my for list. The I haven't played that yeah. yet. Yeah. Oh, it's really fun. And they, it be, they use the game, the, the gamepad controller. You can have, like, a younger child control that 
where they're playing a character called Murph, who is like the helper character. So if you have a, a, a child who may be not as um, adept with the controller yet, they just tap the screen to control oh, him. Oh, fun. Or drag Great. their finger along, you know, to collect, you know, kind of the currency for the game and, and do things that are less, um, but they're still playing. And they can play it and look just at the screen on the game controller and not have to look at the screen, you know, the TV necessarily. Oh, wow. Um, Sounds fun. But it comes, it comes to some points where you have to have Murph help you. Um, it's not always the case, but there are some places where you have to, like, cross a... a, a a chasm or something and Murph has to like, you know, put the the rocks in place for you to cross or has to keep you protected from lightning that's coming down from the sky. And you can't really succeed unless you have, you know, Murph helping you out. And I love that aspect about it. And I also love the artwork, you know, Raymond Legends artwork is, is fantastic too. So. Yeah. And what a wonderful opportunity to not only play and spend time with kids, but talk to them about that, you know, mm-hmm. see there, you, you, you can't do everything yourself. Yep. Even your mom exactly. needs help. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and that's one of the things I think is important too. And one of the things that's great about gaming is that um, it, you know, and I talk, it, it, it's true for, for women as gamers, um, you know, the, the achievements in game are genderless, you know, you can achieve just the same as you could, you know, a male or female. Um, but for your kids to be able to see, like you said, you struggle or you work or have that opportunity to help you, um, you know, kind of changes the power dynamic and, and lets them see, you know, you, you're not only on your own and you can't always do everything on your own. And yes, your mom needs help. And, and I think that that's a great, a great aspect of it as well. Yeah. Um, and even the rage quitting thing that we were talking mm-hmm. about before, I mean, if they can see you kind of rage quit, mm-hmm. get frustrated, and then, you know, reel yourself then go in back. and go back, it, yeah. that's really good. That's really yeah. good. And it's also good for them to see you be able to take um, instruction from them. Yeah, exactly. And exactly. ask questions. And mm-hmm. there's just so many ways to learn both ways. Yeah. My nephew won't won't let my um, sister in law play um, Plants vs Zombies. He just takes over for her. <laughs> of course, he's been doing that since he was three. So he's <laughs> <laughs> like, because when you play on the Xbox, um, you can you can butter a zombie. So like one player can just like put butter on the zombies' heads, and so he lets her do that. Oh, <laughs> he does that's he does nice. <laughs> Yeah. You might need to incorporate a little learning in terms of sharing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Some yeah, some I, personalities. <laughs> yeah. I I remember playing Warcraft with my son sometimes and he would get really embarrassed for me sometimes um, you know, when I did something incorrectly, used the the wrong spell or something, you know, mm-hmm. I'd get the yeah. whisper, you did that <laughs> wrong. <laughs> But um, but he also coached me too, so that's all right. That's good. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> well, Pixelkin is just. I've, how old is it? Um, it's just just a year, just a year old. You're yes. kidding. Oh, wow. oh. Yeah. No, we've been working really hard. We're. You have so much content for just being around for a year. Yeah. yeah. Well, we've we've been doing a lot of writing. And we've got. Um, a growing kind of stable of guest writers now since mm-hmm. Nicole Tanner joined us as managing editor. She's uh, used to edit the Sims magazine and also she worked at IGN for a long time, has a long career in um, video game journalism. And she has a lot of uh, writers that she knows who have begun to write for us as guest writers. Okay. And so awesome. we're, we're getting more of a network going, but it takes time. Cool. It does. Yes, we know. <laughs> I believe it. Yeah. It, yeah, it, it really does. Yeah. You guys have it, really put out a lot of good work, though, in such a short amount of time. Oh, yeah. thank you. Thank you very yeah. much. Yeah. Now, I'm looking right now at um, everybody, even if you're a, a regular gamer, you should go out and, and look at their site because there's there's stuff out there that it's really helpful for other people who I know you get questions asked a lot. Right now I'm looking at 
um, an ebook that you can download, mm-hmm. um, a parent's introductory guide to video games, and um, it's just just some wonderful, just wonderful. Of course, I look at the design work. <laughs> <laughs> it's just very approachable and clean and and, and <laughs> easy to use. I mean, I've just I just have enjoyed being out on the on the side. Uh, yeah. Oh, thanks. Yeah. I, we appreciate that. We we have worked hard on it. It's really important to us to get our message out there and um, act as a resource for parents. We think we're what we have to offer is really needed. So yeah, yeah. I, I wholeheartedly agree. I, I mm-hmm. think that there's a lot that's that's missing, and we've actually had a few people email us um, on the show asking questions about like how to game with their daughters and how to deal with online gaming issues. That um, we, we did a whole episode a while back on a letter we had gotten from one listener who played Minecraft online with his daughter, and his daughter was being harassed. And oh no. It was awful, and um, I kind of wish I would. I, it might have actually been before you guys were 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 up, but I think I might email him <laughs> with yeah. your site and and let him know that you're out there because it was the kind of resource that he would have probably would have been a really good one for him with his daughters. So wow. I'll have to go back and find that episode. Yeah, I'll see if I can send you a link to it because I think you'd really enjoy it. Oh, we, we read yeah. parts of his letter. It was really, it was an emotional episode for me because I'm just like, I can't, it was a 12-year-old girl that was getting these awful, like, comments to her and I'm like, oh, don't, don't ruin gaming for <laughs> somebody yeah. like well, the whole, that, that, that. We know, I mean, if, if, if you do play World of Warcraft, you know that it's not, mm-hmm. it's not all roses out there in the, mm-hmm. in the online worlds and nope. we try to cover that in Pixelkin, but there's so many different online environments now that it's really difficult to, yeah. um, and they're all different. They all have a slightly different flavor, you know, each mm-hmm. game. So we're, we're yeah. trying to work on it more, but um, I don't think we're there yet. It's really difficult to kind of characterize what's going on. It is, and it, it's hard to put, you know, put it together and and put it in a way that that people understand and 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 not preach to the choir. I th- that's I worry about that sometimes. With I know our audience is pretty supportive of the things that we're saying. You know, how do you get those messages to the people who need to hear them? <laughs> you know, uh, the people know. who are are more likely to say those comments and to say things that you know are inappropriate. Yeah, that is really difficult, especially now when um so many people have been harassed for just mm-hmm. speaking up and exactly saying things that i mean you and i think are you know no brainers um, right right but it just seems like if you speak your mind you're really putting yourself at risk sometimes mm-hmm. nowadays so yeah it's unfortunate yeah it's kind of come to that but it does seem that way well, so, we are just really yeah. excited about Pixel yeah. Pen. And is there anything uh, new besides the uh, site redesign that you guys have got coming up? Um, well, that's the big thing, and we're we're working <laughs> we're working on that a lot. And when uh, new games come out, we if we think that they have any relevance to families, we try to review them. Um, and, so just keeping and the we also try to review games today. that we think are yeah, exactly. And then we're going to be writing more things, um, especially at the beginning of the year, that are more in the realm of advice for parents about gaming in general. Um, yeah. So we've been doing a lot of reviews this last couple of months because so many new games have come out that we want to yeah. cover. But it's the season. Right, it's the season. Yeah. And there are some fantastic games. We're really excited um, to play all of them some more. Um, oh, what's the, what's the game you're most excited about right now? Uh, we are loving Disney Fantasia. Oh. Music Evolved. Um, that's one that, we, oh. that we're really having fun with. We like the, the motion games oh, quite yeah. a bit. Um, uh, the dancing game, you know. Uh, oh, I love dancing games. Yeah, they're fun. <laughs> they're really fun. I love to dance. And they're great for families. You know, they are, yeah. Especially during They're the amazing. holidays yeah. where, you know, you need to get up off that couch a little bit. Right? Yeah, when you've been eating lots of pie and yeah. cookies and all kinds of other things. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and my extended family, we, that is one thing that we do is we play video games after dinner. And, nice. um And I'm hoping to incorporate some of those motion games a little more because they're they're really fun. 
Yeah, oh, that's great. That would idea. be great. Yeah, that is a great idea. What a, what a great thing. Actually, we did that a couple of years ago for Christmas. We had, you know, gifted um, family. The um, I think it was Dance Central 2. Uh-huh. Um, where, cause in the original dance central, you could only dance one person at a time. And so dance central two, um, you could, uh, have two people dancing at the same time. So that, that made it more fun as far as I was concerned, because then you're actually like watching each other, you know, competing as opposed to one person and then taking turns. Yeah. Back and forth. The competing part is really fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Linda, it's been great having you on the show today. We really appreciate you joining us. Well, thank you. I had a, had a great time. This has been um, a very nice, positive and uplifting uh, interview to do here yeah. at the end of quite a tumultuous year. Yeah, yeah, especially the last couple of months. It's really nice to just have a, a conversation that's about, look, these are all the great things we love about games. Yeah. And here are other people who love them, too. Exactly. <laughs> I know. Isn't it fun? It's so it fun to really talk fun. about games and um, just revel in the joy you get from them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's been really great having Linda on the show today. If any of you want to check out anything about Pixelkin, um, you can find them everywhere. They're on Twitter, and they're also on Facebook, and their website is at pixelkin.org, and we'll have all of that stuff uh, linked on the post. This is our wrap segment where we talk about what we've been watching, reading, and playing. Regina, what have you been reading lately? You know, I haven't I haven't had a lot of time to read anything for pleasure because you may know I'm a college professor. Yes. And I teach mostly English and composition classes. Oh, boy. So the end of the semester generally mm-hmm. means lots, lots of, of papers. papers. <laughs> yeah, lots of work to do. So um, usually by the time I get to enjoy myself, um, picking up a book isn't where I go. <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine. Which is kind of hard for me because I, I like I love to read so much, and so when I don't when I don't have the time and and I don't have the inclination to kind of hop into reading, it's really hard. So I've been doing a lot of um, a lot of reading of like news stuff on, online and articles and sort of opinion pieces and stuff. I've been enjoying some of the stuff that Huffington Post is is been um, putting out. Um, I kind of have a hit or miss with them. They are either really on top of things or really not. Um, and their gender stuff is really a nightmare sometimes. So there's that too. <laughs> <laughs> so end of semester assignments, what are your students writing about? Uh, my creative writing students have produced uh, portfolios of their work. So uh, they have gone through all of the work that they have produced through the semester and picked out the three best pieces um, and then written a reflection about why those were the best that they've done for the semester. Um, my Composition students are finishing up their final projects where they picked a topic of their choice. They could research anything that they wanted, and they are producing an academic paper based on that with an argument. So they had to weave an argument into whatever topic it was that they chose. Um, and so the, I'm reading their final papers. Have you done that assignment my, before? Oh, yes. Yeah, that's been my standard my standard go-to uh, composition first-year composition assignment for years now. What has been your uh, favorite uh, topic of choice by a student? I've I've had some really innovative topics. Um, one student's research question was, do blondes really have more fun? Oh, nice. And and she did a great job arguing it, which was great. She um, she There was actually, like, you know, sociological research about hair color and perceptions about people based on their hair color. And um, since you've experimented with hair color, Rhonda, <laughs> have. <laughs> have you ever noticed any difference? Um, I don't know whether I noticed a difference in, um, it, probably in my attitude. Yes. Yeah, I think personally it does have a difference, like how you perceive yourself. What the research bore out was that people are, pre- people perceive blondes to be friendlier than brunettes or redheads. Mm-hmm. They perceive redheads to be more competent but less friendly, and um, brunettes to be, I forget what it was. No, maybe it was brunettes were more competent and redheads were less friendly. I think that that's how oh, that broke down. Yeah. 
Yeah, and, and which follows kind of stereotypes that we mm-hmm. have. It does. Um, but, but people's perceptions kind of feed off those stereotypes and, and all that kind of, you know, kind of plays out. And there was actual, you know, research of people um, uh, having surveyed people and uh, she had her own uh, personal stories that she had shared about when she had dyed her hair brown. Um, and she was a natural blonde, and um, she went back to blonde because she's, she didn't get as many tips as a waitress. Wow. <laughs> as a brunette as she did as a blonde. So, uh, yeah, so that was fascinating. That was one of my favorites. Another one of my favorites was um, All Great Musicians Come from New Jersey. Oh, that's a good topic. That was a great topic. Um, and it's really fun when they do things like, you know, I'm like, when that student came to me with that proposition, um, that he wanted to write about music, but he didn't know what he wanted to write about. And um, he's like, I want to write about, you know, I think that these guys are great musicians and they all come from New Jersey. And I'm like, well, to make that work, you have to qualify what makes a great musician. And so he said um, his three qualifications were a cr- commitment to charity. So where they um, gave back some of their income, um, longevity of the music and number of artists who are influenced or who can you can see a direct influence in their work. Wow, and that was great because the critical thinking involved in, in in making those steps. I didn't give him those those quali- qualifications. You know, those were his. You know, that he came up with. So, yeah, it's a fun it's a fun topic. It's 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 interesting. It makes the reading for me interest uh, more engaging too because when someone's passionate about what they're writing about, um, it's much easier for uh, me yeah. as a professor to read it and much more fun. So, yeah. So that's what I'm doing for those are my undergraduate students. That's what they're in right now. So, what about you? You have you have some good stuff that you're reading for end of the year. Um, well, I don't know. I started um, one of my uh, recommendations was Frog Music by Emma Donahue, and I that's a great title. <laughs> yeah, it it is which I didn't know this you'll probably know this when you know what the book is about but it's set in the 1800s and it's about a Parisian who has moved to the United States mm-hmm. and um, she's brought along a couple of friends and she is um, basically an exotic dancer and prostitute oh. um, but frog is a reference to French people at that yes. at that time so I mm-hmm. that was something I learned but I yeah. just found the book kind of boring and I read about three chapters. I gave it as much as I could give it, about 100 pages. And I didn't like the main character. I can't remember her name. Um, it was you know, a nice little exotic French name. But I, I, I really tried. But I just put it down. And I went ahead. And you may remember I referenced um, starting a zombie book a while back. Yes. I went back yeah. to it. And oh, okay. um, it, still, it, it still feels very... Um, typical there's there's nothing mm-hmm. really particularly new and fresh right now except for the idea that the story is following um two main protagonists and it's just two women um one woman who is, has been um part of uh domestic abuse and she is rescued by another woman who um uh, was married to her partner and um she's a lesbian and she saves uh, the abused wife, and they're escaping the city, so we're following their, um, their adventures. And mm-hmm. so it's from these two different women's perspective. Mm-hmm. And um, that's about the, the most unique thing about it, besides that everything else is the same, and about zombies. Yeah, you know, I'm feeling the same way about vampire stories. Like, not really interested in, in watching or reading anymore about vampires for a while. Yeah. Um, and I read, you know, a couple of series that have vampires in them. So I've, I've done a lot of that and I'm just kind of like, nah. yeah, well, this nah. is um, the first days and it is um, a trilogy or a series. I guess I've got the trilogy written down here as the world dies by mm-hmm. Rhiannon, Rhiannon Fratter. Rhiannon. Nice. Yes. So that's what I'm cool. reading right now. And it's a good Excellent. read. It's an easy read. I like the way that she writes because to me, it's just, it's very straightforward. Nice. Um, it just flows very smoothly. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Very cool. So, are you very watching cool. anything? 
Uh, I'm continuing to binge watch when I can binge watch um, the Gilmore Girls on oh, yeah. um, Netflix. Um, I started that uh, pretty much when it became available. It was a show that a lot of people said I should watch because it's got strong female leads, um, and it's you know it's enjoyable. I you know I kind of have a love or hate relationship with the main characters. They kind of irritate me sometimes, <laughs> which is good and bad, I guess. Um, I also got a chance to go to the movies last weekend, and I saw the new Hunger Games movie. Oh, yeah. What'd you think? Mockingjay. I thought it was really good. Um, I haven't read the series, so I don't know you know, how true to the book it is. Um, but I I kept watching. You know, Philip Seymour Hoffman's in it. Yeah. And I think it might, ha- might be the last thing that he did. And it was a really kind of surreal experience, because every time I saw him on the screen, I thought, but he's dead. Like, this is a new movie that's out, but he's dead. I mean, it was just, it was kind of weird. Yeah. It was kind of weird for me, but, um, but it was nice. And then of course they dedicated the film to him at the end. And, um, I really love Jennifer Lawrence. I think she's fantastic. And I think she's grown so much as an actress in this series, mm-hmm. like so much you can just see. And, you know, Katniss grows, a character grows, yeah, a lot, but, a lot. There's a lot that she goes through, and there's a lot, you know, happening. And that this, you know, it's they split the the last book into two parts, um, and you can see the the gentleness in her her portrayal. Like mm. a lot of actresses, I think, when they start getting more and more successful, and they start getting those meatier and heavier roles, get really aggressive in their portrayals. And it would be really easy with Katniss for her to go like that, for it to yeah. become, you know, so intense and so kind of overwhelming, just the Katniss of it, right? Yeah. But she has managed to to maintain kind of the sweet gentleness that is what you what draws you to Katniss in the first place. The fact that she is willing to to be the tribute instead of her sister, like that, the purity of that has has maintained in her performance. And so I think that that's a real credit to her as an actress. So that's impressive. Yeah, it is. It is. And it's not something that I think I've seen a lot of really young actresses manage. Um, but I love the way she carries herself. I love the way she presents herself publicly, you know, as Jennifer Lawrence, like when she's been on um, The Tonight Show, Jimmy Fallon, and interviews that she's given and how she handled, you know, having her naked pictures spread all over the world. And she's just really, she's really outstanding, and that's showing through in her acting as well. So I think that that's, it's nice when that comes together. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> when you can like who they are as a person and um, and their acting as well. So, Yeah. I was pleased. Cool. So what what about you? What have you been watching? Um, Well, you mentioned a movie, so um, I'll mention one, too. I don't think I've mentioned it on the show yet. I rented A Million Ways to Die in the West. Oh, okay. And it's got an all-star cast, um, Charlize Theron and, of course, uh, Seth MacFarlane, uh, Liam Neeson, and uh, uh, Giovanni Ribisi um, and Neil Patrick Harris, which who's hilarious. I mean, in in fact, they all are. Charlize Theron has got great comic timing, and her and Seth MacFarlane uh, do a great job. Yeah, you don't see her in a lot of uh, comedic roles. So no, and I love I love the women um, the women in comedy. They're just um, I'm, I'm noticing them a lot lately. But mm-hmm. um, so it's it's a it is a Seth MacFarlane movie. It is categorical. Um, it is offensive. Um, <laughs> it has its moments. Um, it really does. It, ha- it has some good moments. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. uh, also, um, um, the comedian um, Silverstone, Silverstein. Uh, uh, Sarah. Yes, Sarah. Silverman? Sarah, Sarah, Sarah Silverman. Silverman. Yeah. She is fantastic. Sarah Silverman oh, is right. in it as well. Who She's hilarious, and she plays. She plays this um, sweet, uh, sort of uh, lightheaded, uh, naive um, prostitution. <laughs> Not naive. She play, uh, you know, very casual, very uh, uh, lackadaisical. It is just. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just, it's funny. It's hard to describe, but um, I don't know whether I'd recommend it or not. If you are a Seth MacFarlane fan, you've already seen it. 
Um, if you're not, right. I still think that you would enjoy it because the um, set direction, the art direction, uh, and uh, the the actors do a really great job. Um, but it is pretty categorical, so it's all in there. Well, interesting. <laughs> yeah. If you want to see a butt double for Liam Neeson, uh, <laughs> that's that's what I would uh, I'd watch that. Uh, so. That's funny. That's funny. <laughs> so what? Are, uh, where do we go from here? So what have you been playing? <laughs> where do you go from butt double? I know. <laughs> what follows butt double? Um, I've been playing, well, this is perfect. I've been playing World of Warcraft, so there you go. <laughs> there you go. That's perfect. World of Warcraft follows butt double. Um, I'm still trying to level my main, actually, to 90. Um, no, n- not to 90. Yeah, to 90. Um, <laughs> I'm not good with numbers. <laughs> There's a reason why I teach English. Hey, that's the reason why um, the computer counts those levels for you. Exactly, exactly. So she's at um, uh, 88 right now, and I'm trying to get her uh, to level 90 so I can get into the new content with um, um, Lords of Draenor. So um, so I've been doing that. Um, I have played a little bit on and off with Mark, um, my auto level 90 um, pandemonium. Um, I've been playing her with Mark and getting into my garrison, um, but I haven't had a whole lot of time to be. This this goes with um, yeah. the end of semester. Yeah. It's always hard at the end of the semester for me to get this stuff in because I've got so much other stuff going on and the holidays as well. Casual. So casual game, yes, yes. I have been um, playing Quiz Up a little bit here and there. Uh, I have been playing My Words with Friends. I'm still getting um, my. It's funny because I've been playing Isabella. Oh, and yeah. oh yeah. yeah, she mentioned that before. <laughs> she did mention that before, um, and it's funny because she's like, "I never," and I'm like, "I so I actually sent her, I I text messaged her a screenshot of um, my losing streak that I had been on. Um, I had lost many games in a row, and so I sent her that, and she's like, oh, "I feel better now." <laughs> friends, you oh, had sure. a losing streak. I did. Oh, my. I did. Yeah, I play um I play a couple people who who give me a run for my money on a regular basis, but who I can usually hold my own with. I've got one of the they did an update to to Words with Friends and did a whole new app, um which is great. And if you already had purchased it, you just get the update and you get the new the new update. Um and uh now you can look at your stats versus anybody else that you play yeah. so you can see how many games how many losses you have and so I have a couple of people who we have like we're pretty close on numbers of wins and losses against each other and um and yeah so they beat me on a regular basis and I had just several games where I just got crappy letters and I couldn't do anything and um yeah that happens yeah, it's that's just about as shocking as when um I downloaded quiz up and one of my longer winning streaks in it was in the spelling section. Oh, really? <laughs> Can Sorry. you believe that? I shouldn't laugh so much, but <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic. Yeah, I know. It was so weird. I was like, I was avoiding the category for the longest time. I was like, oh, heck, let's give it a try. Right. And <clears throat> I couldn't believe how badly some of the other people were doing, but yeah, uh, I yeah. Wow, that's funny. That's funny. I, I played the word scramble. I haven't even played that. The spelling. I'm horrible. I'm a horrible speller. Oh so. wow. Yeah. yeah, I I thought I would do better in the True Blood section. Yeah, that's what I noticed. You had been playing. Yeah. I saw that. Um, so. And I did pretty good. They they asked some pretty tough questions actually. Yeah, they do ask some tough questions on all the categories. I mean, you know, it's, it's you know, user generated. So yeah, it's, cool. it's really great. The other thing Thanks. I've been playing is I finished chapter one of The Wolf Among Us. Oh, nice. That's Telltale, right? Yes, and I'm, I have to say yeah. I really like playing it on the Kindle on um, nice. a touch screen. That is uh, a really great great way to play the game instead of <clears throat> with the keyboard and the mouse. Yeah, because I have yeah. it on Steam. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, and just never finished it. Yeah. And I downloaded it before I went on a, uh, my holiday trip and played it nonstop in the car. Cool. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Well, Excellent. we've had uh, our uh, geeking out very different than uh, a lot of the rest of the year, but that's kind of cool because you begin to explore uh, new things, doing things like binge watching TV now that um, the new fall shows are wrapping up their finales. And, uh, OMG, The Walking Dead 
Um, so I've heard. I haven't watched it because oh. I'm I'm a season behind. So oh yeah, I uh, oh I'm just this is the way I was last week when I watched it. I could not talk. My jaw hung open for like a solid minute. It was just kudos, guys, doing a great yeah, job. Yeah, that's what I've heard. Great I've heard storytelling things. And a friend of ours was saying that you know they're breaking out of their sort of mold of how they've been telling the stories. So they're good. They're maturing. They're, they're good. That's good. Yeah. That's good. Well, good. let us know how your gaming and your watching and your uh, reading has changed for the holidays. Um, do you get to do more or does it cut back like Regina because of end of semester stuff? Or do you have an extra long holiday like some of my friends and they get to binge game? Let us know. <laughs> You've been listening to Game On Girl. You can find all our social media connections on our website, GameOnGirl.com. I'm the co-host, Rhonda Oglesby. You can find me on Twitter at Row Room. That's R-H-O-R-H-O-O-M. Email Rhonda at GameOnGirl.com or look for me on Tumblr and Instagram. And I'm your host, Regina McMenemy, or Doc Liz with two Zs, as I'm known on Twitter and Steam and various and sundry other places on the internet. Huge thank you to Linda Brenneman with Pixelkin for joining us today on the show. We had a great time talking with her. Fantastic interview, great stories. So thank you, Linda. And we have a pretty fun announcement here, Rhonda. Yes, we do. I I am unusually excited about this. <laughs> I am unusually nervous about this. <laughs> And that's all right. That's all right. Uh, so as you guys know, we're part of the Radio FUBAR network. They stream Game on Girl for us once a week. And um, I got a, a query from Frank, who runs the station, uh, about potentially putting together a live, old-time radio production of Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol. So we're going to do that. <laughs> yep. And you, you asked me if I'd be a part of it. I did. I asked Rhonda if she'd be a part of it, um, and I asked Ryan if he'd be a part of it, and I asked Isabella if she'd be a part of it, and so all four of us are going to have parts in um, a screen, uh, a radio adaptation by Anthony E. Palermo. Um, it's going to be live. It will be broadcast on Radio FUBAR on um, December 20th at 7 p.m. Central, and then it will be recast on Christmas Eve. Um, probably about the same time. I'm not sure exactly what time it's going to be recast. So there will be two, two chances to listen to it. Um, I'm very excited. It's going to be great fun, I think. Um, I, it harkens back for me to my to my experiences as an actor in my former life. <laughs> yeah, I'm, and I'm I, lucky I know Jim. I'm going to get him to give me some tips. Yeah, that, that you know, at that you know, not a bad thing. So, so yeah, so it's going to be, it's going to be pretty fun. So you guys should definitely tune in and check it out and, uh, and listen to the live, the live versions of it and, uh, and see what our little foray into acting is going to be like. Yeah. So what else? Do we have anything else coming up? Um, not much, but, uh, the end of the year, end of the year. Um, sometimes a lot of the big movies come out, of course, the Hobbit and, and different things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, those who uh, may not be aware, this is not a documentary. It is a fictionalized version based on true events called, um, free the nipple. And if you're familiar with the movement that was online, um, it was um, a group of women who got together to um, protest the um, the laws against uh, the female body, specifically female breast, especially with um, um, breastfeeding, public breastfeeding. A lot of that all came together in that. And the, this movie is um, a dramatization of that movement. And it led me to start doing a lot of research. I remember seeing the news stories that came across. And so I've been looking at some of the new things. So that if you don't know anything about the movement, would like to get to know a little bit better. It's a, it's another um, good feminist topic Great. to talk about. And I, I actually went out and looked up um, the laws for my state to find out because I didn't know, <laughs> is it illegal to breastfeed in public? And uh, it's not. No, no. I Actually, I think that's all 50 states now have, have oh, really? laws that protect oh. breastfeeding in public. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm I'm pretty sure that all of them have at least something some sort of law that that allows you to. Um but yeah, there were there was a time when you couldn't do that, yeah. 
Yeah. Um, there are okay. some TV series that start late in the year. They um, they stagger from the big fall mm-hmm, new shows. Rush, yeah. Um, the new episode of Mike and Molly is mm-hmm. starting, and that goes back to what I was saying a little bit earlier about female comedians. Um, Melissa McCarthy is just amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah. She's just a joy to watch and is really great. Um, if you're into it, Sons of Anarchy, the complete series finale. The mm, series the end finale, of the show. Yep. Yeah. Is happening. And a brand new Netflix only show, Marco Polo, um, they're mm. advertising heavily, is basically a historical adventure drama uh, where the main protagonist is a dashing, scruffy Marco Polo. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, you know, Netflix has been doing some great content, so. Yeah, you know, and the production value on this that. sucker was, I was surprised. Nice, nice. Great. Cool. Well, thanks for listening. Uh, Game on Girl is available on iTunes, Stitcher, Podcast Lounge, Radio Fubar, and All Games Network. These links, along with references made in the show, can be found on our website, GameOnGirl.com. This podcast is edited by Ryan Broom at Desert Tree Media, and the theme song Good Day by Triple Fox is used under a Creative Commons attribution license. Thanks so much for listening, and until next time, game on!